0: Well, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, with the time that I have left, I have three goals, and you've got a handout in your bulletin I want to ask you to bring out right now. The three things I want to do is I want to share some important information with you about the series we're we'll beginning next week called At the Movies. Second, I want to challenge you with uh, a text that has spoken into my life in the last few weeks. And then third, I want to show you a sneak preview of one of the sermon movies we're going to be watching during this series so first let's jump into this new series we're starting next sunday we're starting a series next sunday called at the movies if you haven't heard And during this series, uh, we're going to be doing some new and different things, and there are many of you that serve on our volunteer teams week in and week out. Right now, there are children from nursery through sixth grade who are being taught the scriptures, and I know this because my kids come home and sing songs that I didn't teach them, and so uh, I'm incredibly grateful if you serve in that way or if you serve as a greeter on our First Impressions team or in our band. But if you're not serving currently, we have a need for about 25 of you to serve specifically on these three Sundays, August 13th, 20th, and 27th. Many times when you volunteer at church, your first question is, am I giving up my Sundays for the rest of my life? No. And so with this, you're just serving for three Sundays, and on each of these weeks, you can come for one service and be in here, and then another service you can serve. And so if you're interested in doing so, you can uh, go back to the serve table Or you can email us at serve at cornerstone.com. We're not going to make you get in a costume or do anything weird, but you can make a huge difference in helping us to be successful with this series. Second, due to the nature of the material we're showing, starting next Sunday for the next three weeks, we will not be live streaming or video archiving any of this content. So this is truly must-see TV. If you're not here, you will miss it. And so uh, if you're planning on going somewhere, maybe try to get back. We have two services, so you can come to, to either one of those. If you're watching on our live stream and will not be here, we will be showing other sermon content on those Sundays. But because of the nature of the material we're showing and the laws that our country has around that material, we can't broadcast it online. And so we don't want to get in trouble. So we're going to do our best to honor those laws. And so this is, uh, these are must, must-see Sundays starting next week also for the next three weeks we'll be doing some things that are different in the lobby because this is a series involving the movies that you're going to see some decorations and some experiences out there that are really fun but that are different some of that includes the fact that for those three sundays on those Sundays you'll be able to buy popcorn and soft drinks in the lobby for a dollar cash because a movie is better when you watch it and you eat it with popcorn um, unless you have braces and then it's terrible. But but for those of you who don't have braces, um, it's a great, a great thing. And so you'll be able to buy that in the lobby. Again, for the most part, everything in here is going to feel like a normal worship service, except I'm preaching from the screen instead of live. We wanted to give you a heads up on that. And then finally, if you're a parent These next two Sundays, the 13th and the 20th, some of the material in the movies that we're using is more intense. I would call it adult content, but then your brain goes somewhere else entirely, and it's not that kind of adult content. It's just real-life adult content, and so it's intense. And so if you've got a young child that normally attends with you and you've got any concerns, we would just say put your kids in children's programming for those Sundays. And then finally, if you're in one of our community groups, we're going to the next level. Um, We've recorded extra video content to be able to walk your group through what you're experiencing because you can't rewatch the sermons. So those will go live on our Facebook page and website on the Sunday that those movies are shown. And then you can watch those before your small group or as part of your small group. We recorded those all this week, and we're really excited with how they came out. Um, So if you're not in a community group, this is a great season to join, and you can walk deeper into these messages and apply them and see how God can use them to transform your life. So with those housekeeping things out of the way, if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3, now some of you may find this is a dusty section in your Bible that you're not in very often, and it was the same for me, but a few weeks ago, God used a specific text in this passage to speak to me. And I wanted to share this with you. And you'll note there that there's a l- three little letters underneath that. That's CSB. That's the Christian Standard Bible. It's a new translation that I've been using for my personal devotional time. And because I read it in that translation, I'm going to read it to you that way today. Now some context on this passage. So in 2 Kings chapter 3, there are three kings... Uh, not the three kings of the, you know, Jesus story, three different kings. And in in this story, these three kings are going to battle against the kingdom of Edom. Edom was a country around the area of Canaan where the promised land was. They were opposed to God and they began attacking the people of God. And so three kings, two of them representing the people of God, one of a neighboring country, went and began to pursue this kingdom to go to war. The problem was is it during their seven-day trip, they ran out of water. And if you live in the desert, like many of us have, you know that if you don't have water, you don't have life. And so they had no water to drink, they had no water for their animals, and they were in a pretty dire strait. And so beginning in verse 11 of Second Kings 3, this is what we read. But Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here? Let us inquire of the Lord through him. I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but there are times when we're not as close to God as we once were, and a crisis comes. Some of us have people in our life that aren't even close to God at all, that don't even believe in God. But when a crisis comes, they turn to God. And this is the story of King Jehoshaphat. He says, hey, we should inquire of a prophet of the Lord and see what God has to say to us about this problem. And so they call on a man named Elisha, who was a prophet, to come and speak to them in verse 14. And here's what Elisha says. By the life of the Lord's armies before whom I stand, if I did not have respect for King Jehoshaphat, I would not look at you. I would not take notice of you. It's because the, the other two kings there were not necessarily even not believers in God. They were worshiping other gods. And he says, I don't have any respect for that. And if you don't believe in my God and worship him, why would I come and deliver you a word from him? But Jehoshaphat does. And I like that guy. I don't really like you, but I like him. So because of him, I'm going to talk to you guys. And then a really interesting line happens. He says, now bring me a musician. Now, most commentators believe that the simple explanation for this is that Elisha was not in the mood. And I have to tell you, there are times as a pastor, I'm not really excited to come and preach. I'm not really in the mood. But when the music starts, I get in the mood. So I'm going to ask Lewis to come out this morning. Lewis, are you back there? Okay, This is Lewis. He plays keyboards for us this morning. And Lewis is going to play us some music to get us all in the mood for a word from the Lord. Okay, Lewis, can you start with some emotional mood music for us? Okay, there we go. We're going to get in the mood this morning to hear from God. Okay, I'm just getting in the mood. So, um, and here's what happens. He says, now bring me a musician. And while the musician played, the Lord's hand came on Elisha. And then he said, this is what the Lord says, dig ditch after ditch in this wadi. For the Lord says, you will not see wind or rain, but this wadi, which is a Hebrew word for um, a ditch, the stream, this wadi will be filled with water and you will drink you and your cattle and your animals. And we're gonna skip down to verse 20. And in verse 20, it says about the time for the grain offering the next morning, Water suddenly came from the direction of Edom and filled the land. Thank you, Lewis. It was very helpful. Now you say, Scott, why this random verse? Well, this verse was a passage that I read and God began using it in my life to convict me. If you have the ESV, which is typically my preferred translation to preach from, you'll know that it says that God is speaking and He says, I will fill the valleys. And just so you know, I, I do my homework before I preach. I spent time on the phone this week with two PhDs in biblical language. That's how I spent my Tuesday. Um, and, uh, and they confirmed for me what I felt, which was that this CSB was a, a more accurate translation. But, but when I read this for the first time, specifically here in verse 16, where it says, this is what the Lord says, dig ditch after ditch in this wadi. God used this passage to convict me. And you say, Scott, how did it convict you? Well, it convicted me because I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, our tendency is to sit back and think that God is going to do all the work necessary to accomplish his purposes. And then I can just be a passive participant. And while there are instances in the Bible where the people of God do nothing and God works and provides, there are other instances where God calls us to action to prepare for his provision where he calls us into partnership with him. And many times, at least for me, and this is just me, I'm not saying this is you, for me, I try to get involved in God's part of the story while overlooking mine. I want to take responsibility for the outcome and things are, how things are going to work out, and I abdicate my responsibility to obey. There's things that God has called me to do and I ignore them because I'm frustrated that God isn't doing what I'd like for him to do. And as I was reading this passage and thinking about this series, I, I felt like God gave me a challenge that was first for me. And it has been working me over. I wanted to share it with you. And it's our bottom line this morning. There's a place for this on your handout. And that word that God gave me was this. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's. How many times in your life have you gotten frustrated that God wasn't working the outcome you wanted, and so you got yourself in a tizzy and stressed out and frustrated with Him, which took your focus and attention away from the things that you knew He'd already called you to do and you weren't obeying? I have had that experience on so many occasions. And in a couple places, specifically in my life recently, this is how God spoke to me. He said, Scott, your responsibility is to obey what I've commanded you. My responsibility is to work out the final outcome. And if you get caught up in worrying about the outcome, Scott, you will miss being obedient. And so I want you to trust me. And as the old hymn says, trust and obey and give me the outcome." And so for me, that spoke very specifically to this season we're in with this series at the movies. So people have asked me, Scott, what's, what's the ultimate outcome of this series? I don't know. Because the outcome isn't my job. It's an experiment. I don't know. When have we ever known exactly what God is going to do? But here's what I do know, that in the Quad Cities area, there are 120,000 people, the vast majority of whom are not followers of Jesus and don't have a church home. And so my responsibility is to obey God's commandment to go out and share my faith and love people and invite them to experience what I found. So this morning, if somebody asked you what you heard at church today, I want you to remember two words, dig ditches. Your challenge this week is to dig ditches because I believe God wants to bring and fill this valley filled with water In the next chapter over in 2 Kings 4, if you want to go home and read this story, there's a story about how God provided, but his provision was limited by the preparation people had made. When the room they had to hold God's blessing ran out, God's blessing ran out. And I believe that the limitation of what God will do in this series is not based upon what's going to happen on the screen, because we've already recorded all those movies. I believe that the limitation is us. Who are we going to invite to join us in this series? In your bulletin today and in the lobby when you leave, our invitations, and there is a name attached to each of those. It's a friend, a family member, a neighbor, and a coworker. somebody that you've been praying for, and with every time you interact with them, every time you care for them, every time you listen to them, every time you invite them, you are digging a ditch. And for some of you, you're digging in really hard ground because those people have severe animosity and frustration with God and the church. And so I don't expect that that ditch is going to receive water in this series. They may not come to this series, keep digging the ditch. Others of you have been digging a ditch, and this is the time in which that person is going to respond to that invitation. They're going to come and hear about God's love and his grace and his mercy, and he's going to move in a powerful way. But I believe what God said to me through this passage and what I believe he's saying to us is that if we'll be obedient and pray and trust him with the outcome, that he will work in ways that go beyond our expectations. What that looks like, how many people that is, we don't know. But our calling is not to control the outcome. Our calling is to obey. And so this week, every time you share one of these, if you wanna share on social media, just throw a hashtag on it, dig ditches. What are you doing today? I'm digging ditches. You might say that you never knew you were involved in manual labor, but this week you are. This week you are a ditch digger. And not just this week, because at the end of the day, God is the one who brings the water. God is the one who brings the provision. God is the one whose responsibility it is for the outcome. And God convicted my heart as I read this passage a few weeks ago that I'm tempted to want God's job and skip doing mine. And I don't think I'm that different than the rest of you. And so this morning, I wanted to challenge you. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.